Hi, you're listening to All Law, an audio series brought to you by Lakshmi Kumaran and Sridharan, a leading Indian law firm. At the firm, we are proud to combine the knowledge of law with extensive experience in industry and technology in order to design practical legal solutions for our clients. This podcast series is a part of our knowledge sharing initiative where we will discuss notable judicial and regulatory developments and analyze the business implications of the law as it evolves in India. This podcast focuses on taxation of unexempt income of public charitable trusts. Income derived from trust property has been exempt under the income tax laws since the act of 1886 voluntary contributions received by trusts also became exempt by virtue of act of 1918 exemptions to trusts was further expanded with the act of 1922 which permitted the trusts to either apply or accumulate such income from property For the purposes of the present Income Tax Act 1961, trust income accrues in three manners. Income from property held under trust, regulated by Section 11. Voluntary contributions, regulated by Section 12, read with Explanation 1, Subsection 1 to Section 11. Voluntary contributions towards corpus, regulated by Section 11. subsection 1 clause d for the purposes of this podcast income tax implications will be restricted to income from property held under trust the income tax implications of utilization of trust funds will be better understood if we examine the legislative history leading up to the present law we will now discuss the legal position up till the 1961 act the income tax act 1961 as introduced granted exemption to income from property held under trust so long as a minimum of 75% of the same is applied to charitable or religious purposes within that assessment year such accumulated sums could be used for charitable activities in the future period The 1961 Act also introduced Section 13 to deny Section 11 exemption to any trust where any part of such income of the trust inured directly or indirectly for the benefit of the author or founder of the trust. We will now discuss the amendment by the Finance Act 1970. Section 13 of the Act was made more stringent through the Finance Act of 1970. As per this amendment, direct or indirect use of trust income for the benefit of the specified person would result in total denial of under Section 11 exemption on the entire trust income. The newly introduced Section 13 subsection 2 deemed certain categories of transactions to be regarded as use of income of the trust for the benefit of the specified persons these included 
loans to specified persons without adequate security or adequate interest any property of the trust let out to specified persons without charging adequate rent salary allowances etc to specified persons in excess of what is reasonable provision of services by the trust to specified persons without adequate remuneration purchase of property by the trust from specified persons for excess consideration sale of property by trust to specified persons without adequate consideration substantial diversion of income or property of the trust towards specified persons and investment of trust funds in any concern in which the specified persons has a substantial interest the finance act 1970 also introduced section 13 subsection 4 of the act as an exception to section 13 subsection 1c which deals with restriction on use of trust income for the benefit of specified persons under section 13 subsection 4 if the investment does not exceed 5% of the total capital of the investee concerned that is the concern in which specified person has substantial interest then section 13 subsection 1c would not apply and the trust can still claim section 11 exemption however the provision also states that the income arising from such investment shall not be entitled to section 11 exemptions we will now move on to the amendment made by the taxation laws amendment act 1975 while section 13 subsection 1c read with section 13 subsection 2h imposed restriction on investment of trust funds in concerns in which the author had substantial interest the legislature through taxation laws amendment act 1975-3 inserted new provisions to further restrict investments of trust funds section 13 subsection 1d was introduced as an independent bar on section 11 subsection 1 exemption to specifically restrict investments of trust funds in manners other than specified mores such that violation of section 13 subsection 1d will result in total denial of under section 11 exemption on the entire trust income the specified forms or modes provided in section 13 subsection 5 included investment in saving certificates deposit in post office saving banks account nationalized banks scheduled banks investment in government securities and investment in shares of government company section 13 begins with the words quote nothing contained in section 11 or section 12 shall operate as to exclude from the total income unquote consequently this non obstant clause requires all incomes exempted under section 11 including sums accumulated under section 11 subsection 1 and subsection 2 to 
to comply with section 13 subsection 1d read with specified modes under section 13 subsection 5 Let's now discuss the amendment by Finance Act 1983. In 1983, Section 13, Subsection 1D was expanded to specifically prohibit investment of trust funds in shares of non-government companies. Specified forms or modes of investment were now provided in Section 11, Subsection 5, which was introduced as replacement. of section 13 subsection 5 through the finance act 1983 expression quote without prejudice to the provisions contained in clause d of that subsection unquote was inserted in section 13 subsection 4 with reference to section 220 of the income tax act 1961 the supreme court in ITO versus Gwalior Rayon Silk Manufacturing Weaving Company Limited explained the expression without prejudice to to mean that the provision which contains this expression must neither be inconsistent with nor prejudicial to the provisions contained in the other provision that follows this expression thus as per this interpretation of the apex court Amendment to Section 13, Subsection 4, made it specifically subject to Section 13, Subsection 1D, which previously only acted as an exception to restrictions of Section 13, Subsection 1C, that is, restriction on use of trust income for the benefit of specified persons. This meant. that for the availability of section 13 subsection 4 as an exception against the restrictions of section 13 subsection 1c investment must not only be within 5% of the total capital of the investee concern that is the concern in which specified person has substantial interest but also with section 13 subsection 1d read with specified modes under section 11 subsection 5 in other words we can say while section 13 subsection 4 envisages protection to violation of section 13 subsection 1c this protection does not extend to investments that fall within section 13 subsection 1d of the act arguably amendment of 1983 did not change the scope of section 13 subsection 4 that is it effectively remained the same as it stood post amendment of 1975 which is to say amendment of 1983 merely clarified and reinforced and made it beyond doubt that section 13 subsection 1d applies irrespective of protection of section 13 subsection 4 we will now discuss the amendment made by finance act 2022 disputes arose as to whether violation of section 13 would result in denial of exemption under section 11 in toto or only to the extent of such violation conflicting judicial views 
persisted on this question of law. The Supreme Court in DIT versus Bharat Diamond Bourse Courts, the Delhi High Court in DIT versus Charanjeev Charitable Trust, and the Kerala High Court in Agapa Child Centre versus CIT held that the violation of Section 13, Subsection 1C would result in complete denial of Section 11 exemption. While this interpretation is detrimental from the perspective of trusts, the law declared by the Apex Court is more accurate. On the other hand, the Bombay High Court in CITE versus Audyogic Shikshan Mandal and the Madras High Court in CIT versus Working Women's Forum held that the violation of Section 13 subsection 1C and Section 13 subsection 1D would result in the amount of violation alone being subject to denial of Section 11 exemption. Notably, in arriving at these judgments, courts relied on Bombay High Court's ruling in DIT versus Shet Maftal Lal Gagalbai Foundation Trust, which dealt with purchase of shares before 1993, which was protected by Clause 2A of Proviso to Section 13, Subsection 1D, and not application or investment of trust income. Considering the legislative history and the reason for which Section 13 was introduced, violation of Section 13 subsection 1C and Section 13 subsection D would result in denial of complete exemption under Section 11. Therefore, in our view, the reliance placed by courts on Sheet Maftalal Gagalbai Foundation Trust with respect to application or investment of trust income is inaccurate. The first amendment by Finance Act 2022 to Section 13, Subsection 1C and Section 13, Subsection 1D sought to put an end to this conflicting view. The amendments clarified that only that part of income which has been applied or invested in violation of Section 13, Subsection 1C or Section 13, Subsection 1D shall be liable to denial of Section 11 exemption. The second amendment brought by the Finance Act of 2022 was introduction of Section 115BBI to the Act laying down that income tax shall be payable on any specified income in the following manner. At the rate of 30% on the aggregate of specified income and normal rate of income tax which would have been chargeable to the SSE had the total income of the SSE been reduced by the aggregate of such specified income. Clauses C and D of explanation to section 115BBI defines the expression specified income to include income as has been applied or invested in violation of section 13 subsection 1c or section 13 subsection 1d this is further evident from the words all the above income are also required to be taxed at special rate hence it is proposed 
to insert new section 115BBI in the Act found in para 5.2 DE of Memorandum to Finance Act 2022. Therefore, as per section 13 subsection 1D3, only investment in shares of public sector company or under section 11 subsection 512 read with rule 17C of the rules will not attract section 115 BBI but by implication any investment in shares of a private limited company will attract income tax at the rate of 30% of such investment under section 115 BBI. In conclusion, we would like to say that in case of all charitable or religious trust or any part of trust income applied or invested, violate section 13 subsection 1c where it is directly or indirectly for the benefit of specified person or violate section 13 subsection 1d where it is not invested in public sector company or modes specified under section 11.5. The legislative history leading up to the present iteration of section 13 subsection 1c or section 13 subsection 1d makes it evident that only that part of income which has been applied or invested in violation of section 13 subsection 1c or section 13 subsection 1d shall be liable to denial of section 11 exemption. Such application or investment will be taxed at the rate of 30% on the aggregate of such investments under section 115 BBI of the Act. Section 13 subsection 1c and section 13 subsection 1d function as independent bars on section 11 exemptions. Section 13 subsection 4 has been drafted in such a manner that stipulations of section 13 subsection 1c can be disregarded, but stipulations of section 13 subsection 1d must be given due regard. In other words, any protection guaranteed by section 13 subsection 4 may relax requirements of section 13 subsection 1c, but section 13 subsection 1d will continue to apply towards any exempted income under section 11. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this series. We would love to hear your feedback, comments and questions about the episode. You can write to us at podcast at lakshmisree.com to know more. You can even suggest topics for future episodes you'd like to hear more about. Do check out our website www.lakshmisree.com which has been linked in the episode description below to keep abreast with relevant legal updates. We hope you'll join us next week.